0: Log Talk Radio There is no
1: earthly way of knowing <laughs> Good man is time Which direction we are going And that wrecked
0: Camino It would have been DWI have reached a tipping point good
2: evening good evening mr and mrs america and all the ships at sea you're Special counsel in charge of investigating Georgia Indie Wrestling is here with the tipping point. And uh, I, I am Stephen Platinum, the uh, Comey to Larry Goodman's uh, Mueller. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, you you're you're the one with the clout, bro. You're the one. You're the one. How are you doing tonight, Steve? (laughs) I'm doing really well thanks i um you know um, i know you've got a couple of uh, real life tidbits to go into my My main thing is that i'm I'm actually going to start a new job next week uh which is exciting you know you, about a year ago i started working actually you know i um interviewed for the job that i had um for a year at the magazine was the reason that I did not go up to scenic city. So that's the sort of my, uh, that's sort of my measuring stick of when all that was going on and my life was changing. And now I've gotten a much bigger and better writing job. And so that's very exciting. Um, But uh, you know, that and summer coming on, which means the kids are out of school uh lots going on. Lots going on, but it's very exciting. How are you, Larry?
3: Oh, I'm uh just just lovely today. Just lovely. Let me just say well first, our guest tonight before I do this go into anything else, Yes, Billy please. Brash. Uh the son of the south will be uh with us in about mm, ten, fifteen minutes. And then our mystery guest, our mystery anarchy guest, is going to be Mr. Gunnar Miller. So the mystery is over. He'll be on a little bit later in the show. We'll be talking a little bit, a little hostile environment, which, of course, coming up this weekend. But yeah, I just want to say um, for those who live in Atlanta or around Atlanta and are familiar with the Cab Medical Center, you don't <laughs> want your dog to be treated at the Cab Medical Center. Fuck those people Fuck that place So just a word to the wise Stay away from that place If you value your life
2: <laughs> You, I thought it was just going to be A little thing And then you came in hot um, So the exact opposite of the WWE What Larry <laughs> w- 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 Without coming in uh, what happened? My God! What? What, uh, what is your in, um, encounter well, they, with the cab so, medical you know, men as of late? The the, the thing is that they just
3: um, don't. It's a shot, Well, they don't know how to take care of people that come into the emergency room that have psychiatric problems. How to properly take care of them, and they're very cavalier about. Being willing to let people go that need more care. I'll just leave it at that. And it sucks. And it's not the first time. It's not the second time. It's not the third time with that place. So if you've got any, ever need any help for any kind of psychiatric problem, don't go there. Go somewhere else. Go anywhere else. And I don't have very good things to say about their medical care either, their general medical care.
2: and for the, for those that may not know i mean this is this is sort of larry's realm this is what he does so he knows of which he speaks um i certainly hope it wasn't anybody close to you who, who sort of received the shoddy treatment but certainly no, it's it was somebody well, that clo- you uh...
3: yeah close in the sense if it's it's clients that i care for that have gone there and been treated poorly and that have been put at risk uh by them and i you know i won't go into any more details than that but um it's not good it's not good and uh... I remember
2: it was it was one of the things that um growing up in Hawaii was wonderful for so many reasons uh, not you know pro wrestling wise you saw everything, everything was on television um people are often shocked when they talk to me about sort of my depth of knowledge about pro wrestling that I got to see, you know everything from like whether it was a w a or Florida. Or Japan, you know, all Japan and New Japan. It's like they had it all. But Hawaii, one—I remember one of their shameful things is they always ranked like 49th or 50th um, in mental health and and treatment and such. And it was that was always I thought just such a horrible thing. Um, now that was way back when. I would hope that it's better now, uh, but if it isn't, I, I, I mean. If it's true that uh, the measure of society is how you treat your citizens, especially the ones that need help the most, um, I mean, that's just some place where you just don't want to drop the ball. Well,
3: Georgia has consistently been throughout my mental health career in the bottom 10 states for expenditures for mental health care and consistently rated very lowly by the Alliance for the Mentally Ill and is currently under a Department of Justice settlement because their services were so shoddy, they got called on it by the Department of Justice. So, I don't have too good too good things to say about Georgia's services either. Uh,
2: but mm. let's go on to some pro wrestling, because that could just get ugly. If I stay on the on that topic, it can um, and so, so goes. And so, speaking of mental health or uh, lack thereof, so it, it has certainly been um, you know a noteworthy time with WWE in the sense that the ratings have been sort of abysmal. Um, did you did you happen to catch Money in the Bank?
3: I purposely avoided Money in the Bank. No, I did not see Money in the Bank. At and, all. You
2: know. I, I, kind of shocking things were how few matches took place. Um, I actually thought it was a pretty good pay-per-view, um, but it's one of those weird things where if you do a pretty good pay-per-view when nobody's watching, did it happen? And... Um, <laughs> You know, like, did did I think, you know, the Ellsworth stunt where he sort of pulled down the case for the first women's match? Uh, It's one of those things where I think if you're running really hot, um, then it's sort of, then it's perceived differently. Um, Right now, they're definitely in the state where I don't know if most people will give them the benefit of the doubt about just about anything, which certainly, you know, it doesn't help um, when people are constantly they just don't trust them. So if they do anything out of the ordinary, um, it seems like people are invariably going to sort of crap on it. And you know, the old the old line of, well if people don't like it, they can just not watch. <laughs> I don't know how valid of a defense that is anymore either. Um, you know, outside of the Samoa Joe Brock Lesnar stuff, which is incredibly exciting to me at yeah. least. Um I I'm I'm curious how this sort of doldrums period is going to go. How much lower can it go as far as people tuning out i mean this is sort of prime time there's no stanley cup congratulations to the pittsburgh penguins by the way there's no nba finals Um, we're ahead of football and this should be the time where people are sort of curious and wander over to wrestling it doesn't look like that it's happened yet though
3: no, so I didn't even see the ratings for this week.
2: Were they? Were they? Have you seen them? Or were they uh, abysmal? Uh, Not for uh, Mondays haven't come out. Oh yeah, well, obviously. Well, no, that's today. But yeah, last Monday's show was again the newest, lowest-rated show of the uh, year. They had a, they had a brief bump up the week before, but then last week when they had that awesome like Samoa Joe friggin' Brock Lesnar, I mean they had. Put it this way. They had an hour that was underneath a two, Larry. So I pulled up yeah, like course, a one, week, night one
3: They did have the NBA playoff excuse last week. Of course, that's all over now. Right,
2: but, right, um, right. So Peach State seemed like they put on a home dinger of a show uh, moving things, basically moving the power from the one heel faction in the Kingsmen to another, which not only is an interesting move to me, but I think it's the right one. What was your, were your thoughts, Larry?
3: I couldn't agree more. I thought, you know, keep keep the heat going, and uh, the the. Uh, the Reckoning is getting a lot of hatred over there, so yeah, move move it right from the Kingsman over to the over to the Reckoning, led by Kevin Blue, who I, I didn't mention in my report, but I, to me he looked like he was in the best shape of his career uh, Saturday night during that show, and then the uh, addition of the new member without explanation, and I understand explanation will be forthcoming. That Chef shows up in place of Jacob Ashworth. Uh, Chef uh, WWA4 product and has been a regular at the NCW shows and he 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 made a hell of a showing, a hell of a debut. So yeah, I thought they they uh, they did really well there and they really needed that War Games to or the Survivor Games to produce because there wasn't that much on the undercard to speak of. I mean the referee thing was entertaining. Referee versus referee was you know it was what it was, but it was entertaining. So um, yeah, I, right I, I with with
2: with the with the referee swerve, which I mean, just on paper, <laughs> uh, I got a laugh out of me. So especially when yeah. you're talking you're Jeff Morton, you know, you're talking referee. I believe he was. I, I have a horrible habit of thinking very little of referees, um, which comes as a shock, I'm sure, to nobody. Um, so if you were not, if you were a guy that just showed up at PCW a couple of times, chances are I gave you a nickname, and I believe. Jeff was a uh, referee mullet. Uh I would just go like oh there's freaking referee mullet blew that spot. You know there was referee grills, ref- just all kinds of referees <laughs> and he's one of them. So to use him in an angle, uh I think is really funny. And again, because Peach State is running hot, I think you, like things that otherwise might elicit a groan or you don't give the benefit of the doubt to, now when you feel that you are in expert hands, you are much more prone to just go along with things. And the peach peach state crowd knows they're in expert hands. So, yes, they love a refereeing. you know, like all, all these things that like other guys might go like, oh, that's stupid. On the contrary, when you've got a crowd that's so open and knows that at the end of the day, they're going to be paid off handsomely with any angle. Um, They're going to go for different kind of things. So it's nice to see Peach State taking advantage of that because, if anything, I often think, well, you know, I always hope Peach State doesn't stand pat with their hand, which they could be excused for doing. But instead, they always seem to go for different things, which I think is very No, I don't think they know
3: the meaning of the word standing pat. And, and yeah, and and the, the Tommy Too Much turn, I thought, well, you know, it played out beautifully. I mean, they were into it the timing apparently was, was right for that, for, for him to turn and the people were ready for it and loved to see him lay barons out. Um, Yeah. That that really did all play out well, but, but yeah, I mean, people are willing to, to give the benefit of the doubt when, when they, when they know they're going to get paid off, as you said, in the end, they're gonna get. They're gonna get something out of it, and it's it's not just it's it's not just going nowhere. It's they're gonna see the end of the story. They always they finish. Their stories go somewhere there. So, um, yeah, kudos to those guys, and of course, a nice box office for them too. With a lot of those twenty dollars tickets, they did yeah. really well. Um, yeah,
2: uh, I mean that part can't be betrayed. I mean, at the end of the day. You know, the groups that are drawing better than ever, the groups that are managing to make money, the groups that are managing to, instead of having to just commit hyperbole all the time and constantly pump up how great the show is and so much fun and blah, blah, blah. The proof is in the pudding at the end of the day. And the proof is who are people talking about? Who are the shows that you're going to and where are the places that the boys want to work? And Peach State's one of those groups that I think has all three. And, you know, the the buzz around like hostile environment as well at Anarchy. Think about what we were saying and seeing from um, why we wrestle at one point. Crowds in the 40s. Just a general malaise about the show. Um, You know, just problems with the videos that they would put out and just, just, you know, the, when you're losing, nothing looks good. And when you're winning, it takes care of all the little problems and clearly anarchy rolling into hostile environment is winning right now.
3: We, uh, Steve, we have our guest on the line, but remind me to come back to a juicy, a juicy little tidbit of trivia I picked up Saturday night. And also, uh, we're in the war game season, but uh, I wanted to ask you about when when we, towards the end of the show, we have a little bit of time about PCW, because I understand we aren't going to have a War Games there on the 4th of July. Yes. But we will return to that, because right now, we're going to be joined by the king of self-destruction, the son of the South, <laughs> Carolina star, Billy Brash. Welcome to the Tipping
2: Point. Hey, what's up, fellas? How are you all? Great, Billy. Uh, it's a real pleasure to talk to you. Uh, this is Steve. I um, I one I know that you're a Carolina guy because you actually called on time, and you're ready to go. <laughs> um, punctuality is the key, baby. <laughs> um son of the south i I love all of that i'm I'm gonna start off with a question um of a more personal nature um so i understand are are you are you a firefighter currently or is that something that you're training to do
1: no i've been a uh, I've been a firefighter for the last uh ten years actually and it's my uh it's my full- time gig it helps support what I do you know with wrestling and all that.
2: Yes, I, you know, there's quite a few people who are in wrestling, like Davey Richards is another one who's, you know, he he was an EMT, and now he's a firefighter. And, um, you know, Owen Hart uh, reportedly wanted to become a firefighter um, at the point where he died and that kind of thing. What is it about that it's just sort of this strange marriage of the worlds of being a, sh- of stripping and pro wrestling <laughs> seems to merge so perfectly. I think we all get why that happens. What, what is, uh, what is the thing about pro wrestling and for you pro wrestling and being a first responder, being somebody who saves people's lives, how do those two worlds work for you? Well, honestly, man, when I was, when I was eight years old, like, I wanted to be two
1: things when I grew up. I wanted to be a firefighter and I wanted to be a professional wrestler. So eight-year-old me is super excited about what I'm doing right now. But, like, yeah. <laughs> pro wrestling has just always been something that was in my blood. It's just something that I really wanted to do, something that I loved. Uh, and it was. it's actually a funny story. Uh, the fire department is one of the main reasons that I got into wrestling. With the, Being a first responder and working with the fire department, stuff like that, uh, <clears throat> It, you know, it's an adrenaline rush. It's that It's that never knowing what the next moment's going to bring. I can't stand to be stagnant and do the same thing over and over and over. So it's, every shift is different. Every shift you're doing something different, something like that. But it's funny because uh, a few years ago, the fire department was talking about laying people off. And I told my dad, you know, we were talking about it. And I told him, I was like, they lay, you know, if I get laid off, then I'm just going to move to Atlanta. And he's like, well, what are you going to do down there? I was like, I'm going to go to the WWA4 school, you know, become a professional wrestler. And he was like, well, don't, don't go quitting and, and moving down there because he knows how I am. But I, when I get something in my head, I go do it. And he was like, well, don't, don't do all that. They actually actually uh, found a guy, Roger Gleaton, uh, who I initially trained under, uh, runs CWA down in Orangeburg, South Carolina. Um, we started, started – uh, me, and, me and my dad both actually started training at the same time. And then for a couple of years, he, we ran the roads together which is, you know, something that not many people get to say, which is a really cool experience because luckily he's still young enough, where we could do that, you know. And then uh, that led into meeting people like Lodi, who really had a big influence on me, who took the time to let me come up to Charlotte twice a week. Me, John Schuyler, Brady Pierce, we used to go up there twice a week. We'd drive up there Tuesdays and Thursdays at noon just to train with him. So, you know. It it's a weird coincidence of things and how they all evolved into where I'm at now.
3: So you actually trained and wrestled with your dad? Yeah. Yep. Yep. We wow. started training
1: together and we wrestled for a couple of years together and then uh now he's you know, he's gotten older and he's gotten out of it but he still loves to come to the shows and support me and what I'm doing. But yeah, it's a we actually got to train together
2: you know i was thinking about you know father's day just happened and yeah. um so I, I i of course i think about my own father and how he when i was i uh, wrestling i was kind of based out of colorado but i wrestled all over and my dad would sort of time his business trips. I mean, they still lived in Hawaii, but he would have business trips of different kinds and he would come and see me wrestle in the strangest of places. Like he would just be near San Antonio. So he would try to time it with me and that kind of thing. And I thought to myself, like, it's, in wrestling where it seems like so many guys don't have true father figures. Like I've, re- I've written about that before, how yeah. wrestling often is sort of the absence of fathers that get replaced by guys that train you maybe, or, or the veteran in the locker room. And now that doesn't really exist by and large either. And I always contend that that's one of the weird things about sort of the real modern pro wrestling is there aren't these sort of patriarchal figures and you literally had your father with you. I, I mean, I, I think it's an asset in a way that it's really hard to measure. Did, um, how was that viewed by, other, by the boys and things like that? When your dad would be um, <laughs> basically on the card with you and things like that, did that change people's treatment of you or him and that kind of thing?
1: Honestly, Pops was more over everywhere than I was. You know, every, everybody still to this day, like, hey, man, how's your dad? How's your dad doing? They're like, yeah, hey, he's good, man, you know. Pops was way more over than I was just because, you know, he's, I mean, we're we're one and the same, man. You know, when they when they say I'm my father's son, like 100% I am. We have the, the same temper, the same temperament. You know, we just we just laid back guys for the most part. We just come in, have fun, have a good time, cut up, crack some jokes, and then go home. That's what we're here for, you know you're not having fun, what's the
3: point of doing it? Indeed. Uh, Billy, I was curious about your, um, the the uh, personality you've developed. Uh, what first caught my eye were some of the uh, promo stuff you did in PWX a few years back. Um, mm-hmm. Could you talk a little bit about that, how you came to be who you are as far as uh, your, your wrestling personality?
1: Uh, honestly, I, I when I first started, I was, firefighter Billy Brash, like as embarrassing as that is, like that's what I was, because I had no idea what to be, so they were like, just be yourself so I was like, oh, I'll try this you know, I was like, firebreaker chip you know, came out there with my, with my gear on and stuff like that, It was it was ridiculous, and then that <laughs> transformed into just being just Billy Brash, and then that transformed into, I was like, well I need something to set myself apart from these guys something more than just hey, here's my name, I'm here to wrestle, you know, so I, I became the son of the South, because that's where I've, I've been from, uh, everywhere I go, people are like, you got such a, you get your accent, and this, that, and the other, and the way I say things, so, so I was like, well, I'll play off that for a little while, and I did that for a while, I was doing that at PWX, and doing that all over the place, and then, uh, had some things happen, had some personal problems, and, and things that go on with me, and then, uh, I I took most of last year off, I had to had to take a break to separate myself from wrestling and really re like reevaluate what I was doing, if this is really what I wanted to do and stuff like that. And uh it's it's always been my thing, like now I'm I'm built to self destruct Billy really Brash because for so long that's how I am. If I have a problem I'm 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 head first confronting it, uh and sometimes it's not in the best manner. So I have a tendency to shoot myself in the foot a lot of times, so that's really what this is all based on. Now it's that having that self-doubt and that destructive nature, and really, it's it's me one hundred percent. You know, uh, it's, it's it's who I am. So that's that's the development of all of all that.
2: Yeah. Um, I, 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 yes, please, Larry. No, go ahead. Go right ahead, Steve. I was gonna say, I, I found that fascinating, you know, anytime we have a guest, uh, especially one I don't get to see wrestle, I, I just sort of do, you know, this good old Google search and then just fall down the rabbit hole and find different things. And uh, I got to say, I love guys that can take what is could be perceived to be a weakness and um, something that's something that's of supposed vulnerability and instead it just becomes one of the most interesting things about them I I just like the desire to self-destruct thing is so I mean son of the south is wonderful but there's something about that like self again it's I always ask myself the simple question would I pay money to go, cause I don't, I don't pay money to see wrestling. Fuck that. Never. Right. right? Like, <laughs> I don't right. care if it's WrestleMania. Like I was just like, I'm not, I don't pay to go to wrestling at this stage of the game, but would I pay to see, you, you know, know, I, I would. Um, that would fascinate me. That would, that's something that if it were on a card here in Florida, where I am now, I would be much more inclined to pay to see something like that than I would, you know, like you, you brought up PWX, Larry, and it's interesting because PWX is one of these shows that I just go, it's so well done. And it's, and the boys love it so much. And you get Mm matchups like, you know, Anthony Henry and Chip. Like you get the really good guys doing these really great matches at the same time. This is going to sound horrible, but I say these kind of things all the time. Those matches are a dime a dozen to me. I mean, I'm, I'm here in Florida. It's like evolve and FIP, like the matches between the great wrestling guys I have no interest in seeing (laughs) that's so terrible, but I would much rather watch a guy who has, who seems real again, just, it just, there's something about it. There's an authenticity to it that I think is so effective. And, and clearly uh, Billy, you being just sort of a, a true, like a citizen who has his life together, but nonetheless is able to sort of, kind of explore sort of darker things and whatever in an interesting, authentic way. I, I, it, again, it just gives so many layers to a thing, which sounds crazy that we're talking about pro wrestling, but it's one of those things that I think is missing is just a feeling of authenticity. It's, there's a reason why Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe just is interesting and it doesn't matter if Brock Lesnar barely cares anymore there is an authenticity to him that and a legitimacy to him that you want to see that bump up against something else that's equally interesting. You want to see these two storms um, run into each other. I, you know, I was just praying. I'm like, God, I hope it's not Finn Balor and, and Brock Lesnar just because it's like Finn Balor great wrestler saw him at NXT a million times you know ooh, the entrance is really cool with the but it's not the same as having two guys who seem like there's just there's just something kind of dangerous about it that makes it interesting and I think Billy sort of instinctively and otherwise understands how to take the thing that's interesting and put it front and center
1: I think I think one of the things is like like back in the 80s you had these guys that looked like normal guys and you had these guys that had these modern day working man characters you know you had the construction worker you had the plumber you had the the the, the trash man you had all these things that people could connect with and they could identify with and that all seemed to have gone away because everybody like, became superheroes and they were larger than life and they were you know they they looked like something that, that most people will never be, and they are something that most people will never be, and for me, I always found myself connecting with the guys that, when you looked at them, you believed everything that they did, 100% believed everything they were doing, believed that that was who they are, and this, that, and the other, and, you know, my, my best friend is Ethan Case, and we had a long talk before I, you know, when I was thinking about coming back, because I was real down on myself, I was doubting things and stuff, and, you know, I told him, I was like, In this stage in the game, I'm, you know, what I was doing before was okay, but if I'm coming back, I'm doing it 100% exactly how I want. Because for so long, I listened to guys that were like, no, you should do this, and you should change that. This doesn't make sense because you're a bigger guy, and you shouldn't do this. Like, I stopped doing some of my fancier flips and and different things and dives. I still rarely do them, but occasionally I'll pull something out, you know, but. When I came back, that was the one thing I wanted more than anything was to be true to who I am and just do it my way. Because that way, if I fail, at least I stood on my own feet when I did it.
3: You know, it's it's real interesting to hear you say that because um, what really spurred uh, me to want to do this interview was seeing you on the Viral Pro Show uh, a number of months back over near uh, Augusta there, and there was an authenticity to you that really struck me. Um and I guess from what you're saying I'm getting a little bit more feeling why that was so. I appreciate that, man. I really appreciate
1: it. I'm I'm glad that it's transferring that what I'm trying to do is is, is you know is evident. So that that appreciate that.
3: Yeah, very you know, much so. I, now you had you had a very you had a long run with PWX. You held their television title. Um kind of longest reigning and with- only two time I <laughs> do,
2: <champion. laughs> oh, yeah. nicely
3: done, wh <laughs> <laughs> Where do you stand with them now? I mean, I do you? Are there thoughts you may go back, or kind of what's up? Uh, I mean, it, it's 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 it, with everything with life with me, everything's a revolving door.
1: You know, I had I had my stint there and had my times there and had disagreements and had had things where you know our. I, I, I really put my foot down on certain things and and it came back to bite me in the ass. And end, you know, I had certain things that I wanted, certain things that I was doing that I didn't feel like like they were giving that title or me an opportunity to really do what needed to be done with it. Because for so long, that ITV title had 10 minute time limit, you know, because it was for television tapings, every match was 10 minute time limit. It It was just really stale, you know? Yeah. Because everyone would either go the time limit or go right up to it, you know. So it just got stale. So when I got when I got it, you know, we had a meeting, we sat down and I was like, Look, if I'm gonna take this title, I'm gonna I wanna take it my way and they were all on board at first and then it turned into I was having to to fight for spots on the show. I wasn't getting booked on the show when I still had the title. So it was it's very confusing. And then we had we had I had a big falling out with the Booker uh um, right before I lost the title the first time, and I thought that was it. I thought I was like, you know, like, yeah, you know, the the typical Booker meeting. Hey, come in. Uh, we're gonna have you drop the title tonight as a surprise. Then you will win it back next month. That that sort of deal where where you're fired, oh, but we're not gonna tell you hate. that you're fired sort of deal. Yes. So hate. I thought that was it completely. Drop the title. Come. Then they call me a week later and they're like, Hey, you're gonna win it back next month. And I was like, Okay. Went it back the next month, and then the very next month lost it to Moose and then never heard from him again. So I've gone to a couple shows, and I've talked to Brian, I've talked to Patrick. If the opportunity presents itself, I'd be more than happy to come back. But, you know, if it doesn't, there's a million places to work, and I'm trying to work all of them.
2: (laughs) i it's fun talking i larry i don't know how you feel about this i i I love talking to guys who are at a certain stage in this wrestling thing where they've you know they've tried a couple of different things and it's to the point where there are there are people who would call that attitude a negative right where it's just like oh you're supposed to be the good soldier and blah 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 i'm always of the mind that if if we are under the premise that wrestling is in some way, shape, or form an artwork, that the guys who actually have working brains and f- who are in control of their egos um, and not slaves to it, but nonetheless are like, you know, I can do this great thing. Allow me to do this great thing. Um, I-, I love it. And I think when you looked at the, at, at the promotions that I would consider to be booked better or who are actually booked as opposed to matchmaking. Um, You know, those, they all have something in common, which is they're filled with bookers who are able to listen and take in the ideas of the guys and maximize them. And I would love to see, Billy, do you feel like there's what, what group do you feel like is getting the most out of you right now of all the places that you're working?
1: Uh, there's two places that are that are really getting the most out of me. It's AML Wrestling in North Carolina. Um, it's I guess some people consider uh, PWX's rival, but I'm not really sure why because they run different parts of North Carolina. But they're mm. the two biggest promotions there right now. Uh, I'm doing really great things with them. They're giving me free creative control to do whatever I want. I'm uh, I've been working uh, with uh, CW Anderson and Preston Quinn, the Extreme mm. uh, horseman, Been doing a deal with them where I've been working with them and stuff like that. Like they've been giving me a golden opportunity and they pretty much were like, Hey, this is the, along the lines of what we want to do. What would you think? And for me, the same thing along with, with the booking deal and all that, uh, there was a guy in uh, North Carolina named Zach Salvation. I don't know if y'all are familiar with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was around for a while. He was honestly to this day I still he's the, one of the best guys I have ever stepped foot in the ring with. Like, he was just so good. When he explained it to me, it made so much sense. He was like, look, he's like, you have to think about it like this. Uh, You're basically an independent contractor. These people are hiring you to do a job, but the way you go about doing the job is completely up to you. You wouldn't hire a plumber and then look over his shoulder and be like, no, you need to do it like this, this, and this. He knows what he's doing. That's the reason that you came and got him. So it was one of those sorts of things, and, To me, if, you know, the booker has eight matches and eight storylines that he has to keep track of, so he can't put all of his creative juices into one. That's where the the ideas from the guys come in because we only have to focus on what am I doing, you know? Yeah. So I have a, you know, I used to always, I did it at PWX, I used to, I would come in with written down storylines, have them written out, have fleshed out for months and give it to them. Half the time they would throw it away, you know, but, At least I was doing it. I was trying to to get something. If you sit on your ass and you don't do anything, you know, everything's going to pass you by. You
2: have to go out there and get it. Yeah, I, I mean, I would tell the guys all the time, which some of them naively took as an insult, and I would go, you care more about your gimmick than I do. And that wasn't me saying you're unimportant, but you're the one who's supposed to be obsessed with what the fuck you're doing. You know, like you're you're the one in theory who are like mulling this over in your mind on the drive over or practicing promos five million times who are talking about what you're doing with the guys in the car with you. I'm not doing that. My job is to go. Here's sort of the overarching story that we're trying to tell. Here's the sort of atmosphere and the culture that we're creating. How can you contribute to that while? getting yourself over and the guys that you're working with. And uh, again, when you have guys that are bringing ideas to the table, even if I didn't use them and and my general thing was never say no to always find a way to incorporate what people wanted to do because they would have ownership and investment in it. And, you know, it's that it's that's the stuff that was always super killer was the stuff that the guys desperately wanted to do with their friend as opponents or partners or whatever. I'm generally going to let that go. I'm generally going to go that way because, man, they're going to they're going to give their all. And it's going to it's going to translate to an audience that these guys are really into what they're doing.
1: Yeah, it, it's one of those things, too. Everybody says, I want it, I want it, I want it. This is my dream. This is what I want. Well, how much do you really want it? That, that's my my big thing. Uh, you know, how much do you really want? Are you doing, are you working on your character? Are you thinking about different things? Are you working on your promos? Are you trying to iron out the details? Are you getting in the ring and trying are you going places and trying to get better? You know, because if you don't invest in your gimmicks, why would anybody else? And so many people just show up and they're like, oh, I'm a wrestler. Well, what else can you do? Because it's the wrestlers, the dime dozen these days. You know, everybody can can wrestle or can do stuff. You know, it's it's what can you do to set yourself apart? Not only what can you do to set yourself apart. What are you doing that's
3: you? Yeah. Well said. Absolutely. Hey, you know we're you know we're Georgia based, uh, obviously enough. And I know you don't get over to Georgia too much, Billy. But recently, you made your way over to uh, an AWE show. And I wanted to get your take on, uh, AWE as a first time, uh, participant there. Man,
1: uh, that, that honestly, that was the second company I was going to say that's bringing me in and is letting me express myself how I am. You know, one of the great things with them is I just, I rode down with Ethan for a show. It was actually his first show back. I rode down with him and, uh, just hanging out, you know, uh, I I still wasn't sure, like, if I was serious about coming back to wrestling or anything like that, like, I was toying with the idea, and I went down there, and so many of the guys in the back, and, and the booker, and, and the guy who, you know, the, the, the guys that run the place, they came up, and they're like, yo, why didn't you tell us you were coming? Like, we would have put you on a deal, and stuff like that. Like, man, it, you know, like, having that, that feeling of people still yeah. want you around was a big deal. It was like, man, Uh, So I went there and I watched and it was, it was amazing. And then the, the the very first show that I did, I tagged with, uh, Ia Don, which is actually, um, uh, Alistair Black's girlfriend. uh, Hmm. Uh, I tagged with her against Sue Young and Ethan Case. And they, we were like, Hey, what, what do you want out of this? And they were like, we want you to go do what you do. And like hearing that, you know, was, was an amazing feeling like, it's such a refreshing deal, and I, I when when we got done, I was talking with the guys, and uh, I told them I was like, "Look, y'all really have something special here," and they were like, "Well, glad that you like it because we got a lot of work for you." So, I'm really excited to start working with them. I'm on the uh, I'm on the AWE Evolve split uh, of July 9th, so really looking forward to working with them more.
3: Nice, nice. Uh, well before we let you go, what else you got coming up? What's what's where where are we gonna see be seeing Billy Brash in the near future?
1: Uh Billy Brash is uh viral pro. Um a <clears> lot. <throat> uh I've got, you know, some of AWE, AML every month. I'm with AML uh doing their stuff. Um and then there's other companies I started working for recently like Warzone Wrestling in North Carolina, they got a good product that's coming up. Um trying to get over to PWF, uh in Hubert, North Carolina uh really, anywhere and everywhere you know if anybody's listening, you want to book me uh it's uh eighty six at yahoo dot com you can email me, give it at me at my facebook or anything like that uh i'm honestly just trying to go anywhere and everywhere and right now it's it's my schedule isn't as thick as it as it was before it's because i'm really wanting to iron out the details before I go and and jump into a lot of these places.
2: Nice. I, I mean, you know, want to be part of something that you can make bigger. I think is is really really great. You know. Yeah. L- last thing too, before,
3: yeah. Be, before you go, what what do you um aspire to beyond the uh, or or do you beyond the uh, Carolina, Georgia, you know, indie scene?
1: I mean, I, 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 to me, it was one of those things when I first started and. It's uh it's one of those things like we uh actually uh am at my training school now. I took a break from the guys, uh, uh me, Ethan Case and Malachi Matthews. Uh Ethan Case is the head trainer and Malachi and I are, are assistant trainers at Palmetto Wrestling Academy in Columbia. Um we've been doing that. Um <clears throat> but like it's just it's it's uh it's just to, to get better, to, to do what i want to do and it's it's always my goal and always has been my goal to make it to the wwe but if i don't make it to the wwe i want to go to as many places as possible and really 100 percent the goal now is to do it my way to do it how i want and and to be authentic and true to myself and everything that i'm doing great great well
2: Fantastic, thanks, thanks a lot yeah, thank y'all. Appreciate it. Yeah, definitely ca- catch catch Billy Brash around whenever you can. I know I'm going to uh, anytime you get near my neck of the woods or when I'm up in Georgia, I'll, f- I'll find a way to see some Billy Brash because uh, yeah,
1: a you unique talent
2: off. a unique talent in an era where that is desperately desperately needed.
1: I appreciate that, man. Everybody, you you know, you can keep tracking me on on Facebook, Billy Brash. Instagram, at the Billy Brash. Same thing on, or actually Instagram is just Billy Brash. Twitter is at the Billy Brash. Uh, Snapchat is Billy underscore Brash. So I'm on every social media platform for the most part. So, and I'm always posting and trying to keep people updated. So they want to find out where I'm at and what I'm doing. That's the easiest ways, you know. Nice.
2: Well, thank you so much for being on with us.
3: Yeah, I'll fellas, see you July you nine. Yes, sir. Great stuff. Great. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, and we've got we've got more to come. Because uh, right now but, we've got. Uh, we, we, yes, Steve.
2: Well, no, I was I was going to say, you know, speaking of authentic, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, our next guest <laughs> is if he's ready to go. I, I honestly, you know. We're we're in the day and age of the authentic, the authentic athlete, the authentic tough guy, and there's one guy I know who embodies all of that, and that is uh, still the uh, PCW champion, amongst other things, uh, Mister Gunner Miller. What's going on, guys? <laughs> hey, Gunner. Uh, Gunner, I I want to just start off with this uh, with this question, so. With, with Tank retiring and with you riding high, uh, I mean, you know, you're, you're the defending sort of scenic city champion, PCW title. You've been sort of a big part of the sort of anarchy revival that's gone on. Um, there is an authentic, I mean, you're one of these guys who I'll hear about injuries that you have, that you've suffered in the ring, um, and I, I'll hear about it from Jeff. But you know who I never hear about it from you, <laughs> and <it's, laughs> I think I think you're one of these like, and uh, you know, bah, tape it up, uh, and I'm going back in, coach, kind of dudes who just, um, for you, I think as a legit athlete, it's sort of your second nature to be this way, and and a guy who always strives to be great, um, whether it was you know, powerlifting and football, Um, and I think fans have picked up on your kind of authenticity as an athlete and a tough guy. Tank definitely has an air of authenticity, and I think a lot of the affection um, given to him is very genuine and heartfelt. In a hostile environment, a lot of these things are coming to a head. In in a day and age where people often say, like, pro wrestling, all the guys kind of seem the same, and you know, all these discussions about flippity do and dives and all this kind of stuff. Clearly, though, people have taken to you because there's an air of authenticity about you. Um, what are what are your thoughts going forward on on yourself and how your career is going? And you know, as your career is, is moving forward, you know, tanks is ending. Um, what do you think about that? Especially since you know Jeff G Bailey. Is kind of the uh, the kind of where the Venn diagrams cross with the two of you, right?
0: Well, I mean, to start off, I mean, I wasn't allowed to be hurt when I was little growing up playing sports. Dad was always be out there, be out there, be out there. You know, mom take care of me when I get home. We just kind of keep it on the low. So that's, that's still kind of how it goes, I guess you could say. But um, as far as you know, the career, I'm I'm happy with where we're at in the career. Um, I think I think it's going at a good pace, especially since I started traveling. Um, and, you know, mainly when I say traveling, not all over. I'm talking about getting out, you know, to the Atlanta area, doing PCW and, and doing Anarchy. Um, you know, I've loved doing those shows, getting over and doing uh, GPW and DSCW with, with Woody when I can. Love doing that show. So it keeps me in a, a certain area, and, and I like it. And I think, you know, the fans are in that area, whether they cheer for me at one place or they – they boo me another place or they don't even want to see me another place. At the end of the day, they all kind of know, Hey, what's your wrestling character? I'm just Gunnar Miller. Oh, what do you mean? I'm, I'm just me. Well, oh, what's your character? I'm just me. And I think that's cool. I don't have to go out there and play anybody
3: that I'm not. I just kind of get to turn different things up with me and, you know, I'm enjoying it so far. Cool. Well, I mean, Gunnar, you know, you, obviously you're no stranger to violence. Uh, I, I was curious how you view or compare, football violence with pro wrestling violence. Well, <laughs>
0: football I guess here's the only difference. I have I've had several injuries since I've been wrestling. I uh I got tore my hamstring, tore my groin, wrestled through that at PCW. I tore did that doing softball, but I mean I couldn't let anybody know I didn't get hurt not wrestling, so I had, had to go through those and then, you know, several, you know, broke fingers, busted nose, um, you know, things like that, but Nothing that's never hurt me. Now, as far as football, everything is kind of, I don't want to say not planned, because wrestling is planned, but everything, you don't know when, when collisions are going to happen. And that was the biggest thing. It wasn't like head-on hits and all this stuff that bothered me with the impact. It was more the things that you didn't know were coming, linemen kind of hitting from the side, having to get your arm up real quick, and you know, jerking movements, stuff right there. Now, as far as wrestling, everybody should know to protect each other and you know take care of each other in the ring and things don't happen as much but but it is dangerous obviously and people do get hurt but i I mean i would put them both in the same same bracket you know you can get hurt on any play or during any match at any given time Hmm.
3: you um have been uh, in cage matches before you've been in hardcore matches before this saturday is this your first war games match
0: This is the first War Games match that I'm gonna officially be in. I uh, I kind of did one at Empire Uh, within my first year. They had a they had a match. It was the uh, oh what I can't remember they called it was the White Rose. It was Corey Hollis and Chip Day. Yes. All those guys, and then on the other side there was Kyle Matthews and Tank. And I can't remember who else was in there with us, dribbling. I was kind of the last one to go in. It was was Andy, me, Colin Tank, and that's what it was. And uh, I was the last one to go in. I was in there for like two minutes. So I didn't really get to experience a War Games match. And especially not one, you know, in Cornelia, at Landmark Arena, you know, under the Anarchy Tag, I think it's only a good time.
3: <laughs> you have a strange idea of a good time. Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly you're going back. To your, you're you to the place the the granddaddy of uh, war games. They've been doing them there since uh, what 1999 or 2000. I don't remember when the first one was, but no, nobody's done more of them than they have in uh, Cornelia. So I'm certainly excited to see you in there for this. Uh, any other thoughts on the that you uh, want to share with us about the war games? I mean, I think
0: it's going to be a, a great show, obviously all the way around. You know, I'm, I'm really excited to for the War Games main event. You know, just getting the ring with with all those guys. I mean, there's pretty good athletes, wrestlers, entertainers, whatever you want to call us. Going to be in that match. You know, putting on a show and hopefully in front of a, a packed house so as many people as they can slam in there. Um, yeah, it's my first really official War Games. Uh, it's going to be still cage. You know, you've got four monsters-ish guys in there. Gladiator Jeremiah, you got Seven, you got Cyrus the Destroyer, you got Iceberg, you know, guys that have, between them, have had several, several, several War Games matches, especially the three of them, but um, you know, at the end of the day, it's just another, it's another match, it's, it's another opportunity to get better, another opportunity to learn, go in there, bump around, throw some punches, kick, get a little stiff with
2: some of the, some of the best in the area. You know, Gunnar, I... Larry and I had talked a month months ago about how this summer in Georgia wrestling was going to be a big one. There's just a a ton of huge events um, just, you know, feeling that a bunch of places are hitting our stride and you're smack dab in the middle of a couple of them, you know, the anarchy, I think really finding its legs again under, you know, Rick Michaels as the promoter and Dan as the booker. Um, And, you know, PCW clearly, I mean, you've gotten to see sort of places rise up and been an integral part of them rising up. Um, How does that, how does that strike you? Um, You know, you're, you're a guy who one, you have the sort of physical tools Two, you have support um, from people that you care about, about what you're doing. And now you're getting to see promotions um, at their best while you're there, do you feel like, um, this is a, do you feel like you have kind of a charmed life in wrestling or do you feel like it's sort of like fortune favors the bold kind of thing?
0: Well, I mean, you hear all the the crazy stories. And I guess some guys have been through it more often than others, but about, you know, you go to a show and there's five people out there and, you know, yeah. all this stuff and the, the horror stories of, of, you know, independent wrestling and, kind of the perception that I guess the, the public has that doesn't go to the shows or know much about it. They think, oh, those wrestlers down there in Georgia, you know, so, you know, and I guess that's kind of the thought process I had going in, into it. And then I go to Empire. Empire is, you know, a really, you know, well-driven show. Yeah. Um, and then from there, it's like, okay, Empire's going to shut down. Now what I do, uh, and that's all I really know is Empire. So, you know, let's go to PCW and go to Why we wrestle and Both those shows, you know, were doing fine as well. And then as I was there, I saw, I felt like, I don't know, this is just me thinking things, but, you know, it it grows and grows and grows and grows. And to be a part of that, to see anywhere from 30 to 40 to 50 people out in the crowd every week, to see in max capacity at both places almost at at the crowds both weeks, it, it makes you feel good, especially when you're a regular there, and that's what you do. I mean, you're traveling Pretty good distance to go down there to entertain those people and to see regular faces, not just new people every time, but regular faces a family face yeah. build around a place is really cool.
2: You know, Gunnar, I think you're one of the guys who people definitely see as it, it's, it's not hard to imagine you at NXT. It's just it's not hard to imagine you popping up at Ring of Honor uh, or any number of places. Um, obviously, that's the, that's the end game. That's the goal. At the same time, if you were to get signed to NXT um, and let's say you got to you got to have Jeff with you. Because we haven't talked about Jeff yet, really. But let's say if Jeff was able to be with you, what's uh, what's what are aspects of your game right now that you feel because you've you've your improvement in a year plus has been stunning, and anybody I talk to always says like man, you know, like I I heard about Gunnar Miller, but then he came in and I got to see him and you just like, that guy just, you know, he, he picks up so fast. He learns so fast. He knows when to sort of do what in a ring in a way that he didn't before. What's, what's aspects of your game that you think need to be uh, worked on even more or will come with more experience um, at sort of the NXT level? Uh,
0: I think you have to take it down to almost the basics and just the <clears> little bitty, small, tiny, little bitty things that most people wouldn't, you know, recognize, you know, how to sell in a certain spot and, you know, and to sell correctly, how to sell a, a certain amount, but not sell too much, you know, as far as heat goes, you know, I learned all that kind of fresh, you know, when as soon as I started traveling, you know, turning hill for the most part and, you know, you know, how much heat to apply on somebody, you know, is it too far, uh, are they going to be able to do certain moves into the, the match that you already have planned out? All this stuff, I mean, I think the psychological aspect is something that I'm not even close on yet. Um, I'm obviously learning, but that just comes yeah. in the ring. The thing that I would look forward to, if given the opportunity to do NXT, is I'm able to grow, you know, in a year. If, like you said, you've seen me grow in a year. I have seen myself, too, grow in a year, And I've done some things bad, but I I do like to, you know, tell myself I'm doing good on certain things. You can't just beat yourself up all the time. So I think that um, being at NXT or a place like that, you could be in the ring five days a week. You're getting to practice around people that, you know, are a lot better than you or at your level or, you know, really close to make you get better quicker. Yeah. Just like college, you know, a college football setting. At the same time, right now, the only time I'm in the ring is on Saturdays or Fridays if I wrestle. You know, there's not many places around here to, to really do some, some some training, even though I'd love to, but there's just there's not. And I, you know, people can say it's a time thing, it's everything. I mean, you work all day. You go to work at 8, you get off at 6 or 7, and then you go to the gym. By the time that's over, it's 9 o'clock, and that's every day. Yeah. Most wrestling places are open at 9 o'clock trying to help you, you know, come in and take some bumps or whatever. And then, just, you know, who are you going to get to mentor you around here? Well obviously, you know, I would go to Ace Rockwell, he trained me, you know, coming in and I still ask him after every match how I did and all this stuff. But I just think it's a matter of if I could just do it every day, you know, maybe I could get to the next level. But the next level is doing that every day, and that's the only way to really do it. Right. you know,
2: Ryan's right. say. Yes. Larry, do you have a do you have a final question for Gunnar Miller?
3: Well, yeah, we just very just mentioned Jeff G. Bailey Momentarily, And I've got to ask you, and uh, I know he's, he's – obviously he's helped you in a lot of ways, but what's one thing that really stands out about how uh, working with Jeff G. Bailey has helped you?
0: Well, the, the first thing – we could do a 10-part podcast on Jeff. But <laughs> I know. I know. Indeed. <laughs>
2: I mean, <laughs>
0: that's the only, like, person that I've ever met in my entire life to where I just heard his name from a couple people prior to meeting him. And as soon as I met him, like, we were best friends. So that's how I felt. Like, I, I hope he likes me. I mean, other than just my face. But, uh, like, I mean, I felt like he was just one of those dudes that's, like, really, really cool. Like, I can tell him, you know, much anything. And, you know, he's not going to tell me, hey, man, you did great every time. He's going to tell you, you know, where to get better. And if I did this wrong, and he wouldn't have done that. But the biggest thing I love about Jeff is that he he's like mama bear. Like, he, he protects me. I mean, when I go to a locker room and I'm with him, a different feeling than when I go to a locker room and he's not there. He just mm. uh, there's an aurora around him that gives me a different, like almost a different level to myself just being next to him and, and with him, rather than being there by myself.
2: Fantastic. So hostile environments coming up. Please, uh, t- you know, tell us when, where, and Larry as well for hostile environment.
0: Hostile environment is this Saturday. It is war games. And it is Anarchy Wrestling And uh, it's going to be when I win the War Games And then go on to take care of the rest of the Anarchy roster For the rest of the year
2: Nicely done Um, Thank you so much for jumping in, Gunnar Miller Uh, You know, it's it's, I love seeing anarchy back. Um, I'm going to love seeing, you know, when I'm there for sacred ground, it will be, (laughs) I've literally stayed away from PCW for the since you've won the title and I can't wait to just sort of come in as a fan, like a full fledged fan and see you at uh, the next sacred ground. Thank you so much for being on. Yeah, man. Thanks for
0: having me. And, uh, Try not to boo me too much when you come to the show, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks.
2: Wow. By the way, I, y- y-
3: yes. Before I forget, there is a special early start time for this work uh, for this uh, hostile environment. Seven thirty, not to, going with the traditional eight p.m. start time.
2: Again, I think that's smart um, because Hostile Environment is going to run a little longer than the average show. And I think getting people in there a little bit earlier so they can get out at a reasonable time and still get in a full packed show. Um, very smart. Again, I, I look at the, uh, it's not hard to look around and see the groups that are making smart decisions. And, you know, anarchy definitely resembles that remark. I think peach state resembles that remark, PCW, obviously it's a great time to be a wrestling fan in Georgia. If, if your tastes lend themselves in any direction, I mean, hell when Curry kid when Curry Kid is interesting and has come up with – I don't know if you've seen his zombie dragon stuff, Larry. Have you seen it? I have not seen this, no. Oh, not. do yourself a favor. I will. I'm talking full g- gimmick makeover. He does these makeup effects where he's just, this bloody, gory thing, and he like throws fire from his hands it's fricking i'm like god i never would have thought i mean because the guys he runs with i would consider sort of b and c players honestly but his thing is so compelling clearly he's a guy who didn't wrestle for a while you know real life got in the way and clearly he's doing exactly whatever the hell he wants to do those guys right now the guys that are in that like like Billy Brash, where it's like, man, screw it. If I'm going to take the time to do this thing, I'm going to do what the hell I want. Um, (laughs) You know, those guys are the most fascinating to me, the guys that have that real passion about what they're doing. So definitely check that out. Um, I I know we got to go, but, you know, I wanted to address the question, why is there not a Revolutionary War Games on July 4th? Um, I guess I'll just put it like this what we never wanted um, at PCW was a kind of cobbled together war games. And this is not an indictment on anybody else. This is just talking about PCW. We never wanted the thing where, okay, well, you know, Carpenter against Bill, the butcher is the hot thing. So the two of them will just kind of pull people into their, Teams in order to go at each other. Um, We've never done that before. It's always been sort of this natural thing, whether it was, Mm -hmm. you know, Chips Groups and Jeff G. Bailey against all the former champions of PCW and Miss Rachel. Like, that was... It was, it felt organic. It felt really great, you know, or it's like chips, you know, this group and where chip turns heel against that group. And it was sort of natural quasi had this group of guys here are all the faces they were feuding against. Let's put them together. But this year, um, honestly, the individual stories are really strong. The split up of Brian blaze and Jeter, the, um, the feud of carpenter against bill. The continued reign of terror of PCW champion Gunner Miller with Jeff, and how they're kind of running roughshod to sort of throw all those things together into war games just didn't feel right, and so Hankins, who you know is the Booker, um, he just he came to me and he went, "I don't think we've got a war games." And this is not to say that we're never doing it again. On the contrary, I would imagine that it would make next year's even bigger. But this year, people are really gaga about Bill the Butcher and the Carpenter. And so why not just do individual cage matches of the big Things going on instead of forcing a War Games. Um, we thought it would sort of dilute and make it so, well, this year's War Games is just sort of a cobbled together mess. Um, instead of doing that, we just won't have it sort of take it away so they'll want it all the more next year. And frankly, the way the crowds are, where it's just packed every time, standing room only, and those are the stories that people want to see play out and the timing is right, um, those are the stories that they're going to see on July 4th instead of a War Games.
3: And do I have it right? Gunnar Miller faces a mystery opponent. Is that correct?
2: I I believe that's correct. Yes. So, okay. And of course, you know, that's going to be, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, mystery opponent doesn't end up being something minor. It ends up being something super duper major um, because we consider July 4th to be the official beginning of sacred ground season. Like the the matches that are set in stone on July 4th, are, end up being the main events of Sacred Ground. So, you know, it's a crazy little thing called booking that happens once in a while. So, yes. Um, where are you going to be this weekend, Larry?
3: Uh, there's only, well, I know for sure I will be in Cornelia Saturday night. Yes, sir. The question is whether I'll make Mucha Lucha Sunday afternoon. Uh, that's a... That Sunday shows are a real stretch for me, but I'd love to see it because um, there's going to be yeah, a lot that's, of guys. That, that, won't get a chance definite, to see. I was going to
2: say that's a definite atmosphere kind of show, right? It's like yeah. big, uh, a big forgiving crowd, <laughs> the kind of crowd that gets there at a certain time. And that's the kind of show that starts whenever it starts. Right. But it's always a right. big crowd and a lot of Georgia guys. And you're always going to get to see, you're always going to get to see guys you never get to see. Um, who's who's yeah, right. this Mucha Lucha of note? I know there were well, a couple Mil-Muertes names that were like, one
3: is, I, don't, I yeah. don't think they've had Mil Muertes in before. Um, uh, you know, Phoenix has been in Pentagon jr's been in. Um, So so some of the guys that that are in the tournament Are guys that have been there before But still, it's going to be quite a lineup For this this 12-man tournament
2: Well, that is fantastic Um, You know, Larry, our cup runneth over Sometimes guests bail on us And sometimes we get two great guests This was definitely one of the weeks Where we had two great guests So it was an absolute pleasure And uh, we'll be back
3: uh,
2: Yes, please the, the, The trivia item that
3: I was going to mention, oh. trivia item. Yes. Yes. Uh, the daughter of New Jack. New Jack's daughter is Devin Nicole.
2: Get the hell out! Are you, th- nope. you of all the places? I thought you were going to go. Nope. There's wow. New wow! 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 Devin Nicole. Man, have you ever looked at her hand, by the way? ain't no knuckles no. on the hand. You know why? Hand the bitch in the eye. <laughs> one, one of my best wrestling memories ever is uh, driving Rich Swan from Florida to face um, Chip Day at PCW. Yeah. And he and I, for a six-hour car ride... Um, We got along swimmingly and one getting to hear way back then that he was going to get the WWE thing was so exciting and so hard to not share with people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But to my credit, I did not Um, that between that. And, um, and then, um, you know, us just doing new Jack impersonations and making each other laugh for six hours. (laughs) Like we both found that we could do pretty good new Jack. So definitely a pretty grand bit of trivia, Mr. Goodman. And a great yes. way to close the show. So maybe we need to have an Izzy High with um, with a featuring New Jack promo uh, next time. I'll see if I can arrange that. That would be fun to bring. Oh, we back. could probably get a New Jack. I wonder if
3: we get New Jack as a live guest sometime. Wouldn't that be wild?
2: <laughs> That's how we I know to, the we older have- you. The older you get, the more bulletproof you get. Where you're like, "Hell, Brian's scared. (laughs) Let's have New Jack on. It'll be great." (laughs) Just hearing Mike Tyson recently in an interview because he's promoting that um, Customato book that he wrote, which I can't wait. Because I mean, I'm just a big Customato guy, and you know, getting I got to meet Mike Tyson a couple of weeks ago at MegaCon and briefly interview him. So that was pretty, pretty amazing because whatever you feel about Mike Tyson, he is just one of those standout iconic figures and uh, in sports and otherwise and in pop culture. And yeah, so New Jack also holds that place of, you know, when we we're talking about authenticity and guys that just have that extra level of uh, engagement with an audience, New Jack, definitely qualifies so
3: yeah Maybe, you know i probably so.
2: shouldn't get too carried away i mean just because we had guests
3: lots of guests two weeks in a row you know i better hold my horses here because uh
2: <laughs> <laughs> pull all back, right so i guess pull it
3: back. better wrap it up steve before i just
2: start i'm yes. babbling and digressing here so Nicely done. Speaking of which, um, Peach State Pandemonium, <laughs> see what I did there, um, <laughs> on Thursday nights. and Oh, um, oh. And, yes.
3: I'm sorry to interrupt, but we, we have a new show. I'm so glad you mentioned Peach State Pandemonium, and we also have a new show that's going to be joining the lineup. And I've got that information here in just a
2: moment. Bear with me, and of course, Larry and I will be back in two weeks with the tipping point. Just so you know, but as yes. soon as Larry talks about that new yes. show, sorry, we will, about uh, that. Yeah. sorry about that.
3: Sorry about that. Yeah. No. No. So uh, this is this is going to be Stony Cannon and Kenny J, who do the Georgia Wrestling History TV show, are going to be or podcast show. They're going to be doing a podcast starting on June thirtieth, seven p.m. called GWH TV Talk. It's kind of a companion to the TV show. A lot of uh, historical things. They're going to talk about the first great American bash. They're going to look at Xavier Woods' early Georgia career and uh, look at this particular week in Southeast wrestling history. The debut is June 30th, 7 p.m., so check it out.
2: Awesome. Well, that I, I, I think that that is going to be a great addition uh, to the family, definitely. Well, for Larry Goodman, I am Stephen Platinum, and we will see you two weeks on The Tipping Point.
0: We thank you for listening to this broadcast. Production brought to you by the GWH Radio
1: Network.
0: Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued
3: support.